the Radio Stingray podcast is brought to you by our gold sponsor, McNally Jones Staff Lawyers, proudly supporting the MUA Sydney branch since 1977. Need assistance with employment, industrial or workers' compensation, or any other legal problem? Phone 9233 4744 or visit mcnally.com.au and get a real fighting lawyer on your side. Tuned in to Radio Stingray. G'day and welcome to Radio Stingray. Radio Stingray is the podcast of the Sydney branch of the Maritime Union of Australia. My name is Shane Reeside and I'm an organiser for the MUA. This show is recorded in the Radio Hub studios in Alexandria, which is, of course, on the land of the Gadigal people who never ceded sovereignty over this beautiful place we're lucky enough to call home. On behalf of the MUA, I'd like to acknowledge the elders, leaders and warriors of the Gadigal. As we're recording this show, workers all over the world are preparing to take to the streets for May Day, something we're going to talk in length about on this show. A lesser known date at this time of the year, however, is April 28th, Workers' International Memorial Day. This is the international day that will recognise the millions that have been killed or injured at work. In recognition of this day and what it represents, I'd like for all of us to take a moment to reflect on those people who can't be here with us today because they never made it home from work. So, May Day. This year, thousands of construction, maritime and manufacturing workers in Sydney are walking off the job on International Workers' Day, May 1st, to join a massive demonstration of working class power and politics. This is the first time in decades since unions have broken free of concerns of illegal industrial action and are literally downing tools, shutting down factories and closing the ports at a time and place of our choosing, International Workers' Day. Joining us to discuss major developments in union militancy and politics in New South Wales is the MUA's very own branch secretary, Paul McAleer, our close friend and comrade, Steve Murphy, the New South Wales State Secretary of the mighty AMWU, and last but certainly not least, New South Wales Assistant Secretary of the New South Wales Construction Union, Rob Kira. G'day, boys. How are you? So first up, before we get into the guts of what's going to happen in Sydney on May Day, I'd like to hear perhaps a personal story about what this day means to each of you, why you personally consider it important. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. May Day for me is the most important day on the annual calendar for working class people, not just in this country, but around the whole world. And for the last 20 years, May Day for me has been personified by George Gotsis the godfather of May Day, as he was affectionately known. He was the president of the Sydney May Day Committee for 50 years. He's only recently passed away and his loss, not just for working class people, wharfies in Sydney, but for maritime workers and working class people around the entire world, is um, it's just a, a real tragedy. But his life spoke volumes about himself as a working class person and about the working class he represented and May Day was just the manifestation of all George's beliefs and all working class beliefs. And May Day uh, is a history of class struggle, as he always said, um, and he always knew that it represented peace, internationalism and socialism. And um, that's why May Day is so important for workers in this country and around the world. May 1 is the historic day. For too long, we've taken action on the weekend because it was easier this May 1 would be the first time in 40 years that workers have gone on strike on May 1, just like it's celebrated and struggled right around the world. 
I think um, May Day for me is basically an acknowledgement, I suppose, of um, my working class background and obviously from where I actually came from. I come from a migrant family who migrated out here in the in the mid-60s. My father was a builder's labourer, worked on iconic projects like the Opera House, was a union member with the Builders Labourers Federation, worked in the industry all his life. And for me, it's an acknowledgement of all those workers brothers and sisters that worked side by side with him at the time um, and understand, acknowledge what they actually achieved back then um, in regards to what we've got today. And to never ever forget that a lot of what I said um, previously, a lot of the achievements and what we you know have today, like workers' comp back then, they fought for accident pay and other entitlements. I think it's important to acknowledge going back in history um, those people that fought before us. So that's what May Day means to me acknowledging the people that came before us, the workers that came before us. And I'm like um, Macca, actually. Um, I can't understand for the life of me why May Day was never, ever celebrated, and in particular the last 40 years, why it wasn't actually celebrated on that particular day. I think it was an easy way out, as um, Macca said. I believe from here on in, May Day should be actually celebrated on the 1st of May, May Day. Well, for me, May Day is something I've celebrated every year since I joined the AMW and I was a second year apprentice. I got to kind of witness it firsthand what it was like to be exploited by bosses that just want to make a dollar off your back and didn't care how you were treated. I joined the AMW and the people who kind of mentored me during my working life spoke to me about the importance of May Day in, in relation to workers getting together to celebrate the achievements of everything that we, we had done over many years. And you think about all of those thousands of worker men, women and children that had lost their lives every single year from poor working conditions and long hours. I didn't have to suffer through that, but we were still exploited as apprentices. Um, but mostly it's about celebrating what the unions have achieved for us and what we're going to achieve into the future. It's a, basically a, a, a call to action or a call to arms for working class people in this country uh, in relation to the fight not being over. The, the reason that, in, in, at least in my view, that May Day is not celebrated on the 1st of May in Australia as it is in a number of other countries is they were fearful that it would just build support for communism and other radical causes. Well, um, I believe, you know, working class people should have a day where our achievements are recognised, where we can celebrate those and we can start to think about the type of country that we want to build into the future. Maritime Super is the largest industry fund for the maritime industry. With a proud history as one of Australia's longest-running super funds, Maritime Super delivers innovative super and retirement benefits, helping its members make the right decisions to secure their financial freedom into the future. To learn more, email www.maritimesuper.com.au. The three of you sitting in this room are elected as leaders of unions that have somewhere between thirty and 40,000 workers as members in New South Wales. What exactly are you planning to do on May Day this year? The building workers in particular in the construction division, they're all going to be walking off the job. We're going to have thousands hopefully down there in the heart of Sydney down at Belmore Park. We're expecting thousands and thousands of building workers. It's basically to show this government that, and this is from the construction division, but also from other unions that we're not fearful of this government. No matter what they throw at us, whether it be the ABCC, whether it be the Code, whether they be the ACCC, ASIC, Royal Commission, um, we're not fearful, we're not scared, um, and we're going to go out there and march on the streets to show them at the end of the day that if you're going to come after us, we're going to come after you. It's as simple as that. 
So for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the industry, what does it look like to walk off a building site? Just uh, is a whistle blow and everyone puts down their tools and walks off, or how does it work? No, I think I think the the workers already know. Um, without giving our enemies too much fodder at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> the boys and girls already on site know exactly what to do. Is the best way I can put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Murph, what what are you guys doing? Well, we've been waiting for um, this for quite a number of years, really. We've been talking about May Day being celebrated by the unions on the 1st of May, and we've had many opportunities but not really had a chorus of support for it. Um, this year, it was kind of led by the CFMU in New South Wales and uh, spoke with the MUA about uh, it being on this year, and Paul kind of said that they were going to back it in. So we made a decision as a union that we are going to back that day in as well. We've held two meetings of our delegates from around the state, got them together. They've endorsed... Um, a protest on the 1st of May. Uh, so we are calling on all AMW members across New South Wales to um, support May the 1st, stop work and attend. And what was the feeling like amongst those groups of delegates? When you were talking to them, I presume you addressed the meeting, were they were they pumped for it? Well, we've spent about 18 months building the Change the Rules campaign to get to this point. We didn't just kind of call a meeting and say, we've got this day, hey, let's do something. We've been talking about working class politics back in lunchrooms like we haven't for, for generations of workers, politicising our members and, and asking them the questions that they haven't been asked in, in many, many years, and that is what do they want from their union in the future? They want their union to be active, they want it to be a voice for them politically, but most importantly, they want to see leadership. Um, and I think that's one of the things that our new leadership team at the AMW has dedicated our time to, making sure that we're providing the leadership to our members and our delegates, but more importantly, letting our delegates make decisions about what the union should do. And that's what they've done this time. Okay. Just as every crane is shutting down in the city uh, on construction sites, so will every crane in Port Botany. All three terminals will be shutting down and maritime workers in their hundreds, if not thousands, will be out in the streets on May 1 to support May Day doesn't take a lot to get a maritime worker out of their job. Um, they're very quick to win, want to manifest their, their principles and values, and that often happens. And um, this is just a, a wonderful opportunity for them to come out in the streets and fight against all of the attacks that they're experiencing in their workplaces. So a couple of you mentioned that uh, for many years down, May Day events in the East Coast cities of Australia have been held on a Sunday before or after the actual date itself and typically attempt to foster a kind of family atmosphere. Why have you decided to take things in a different direction this year? What's sort of behind that? Well, a number of things. The first is that May Day is a, is a day of struggle. Um, and whilst we should celebrate our working class lives, uh, too many of us, and I mean way too many of us, are experiencing insecurity uh, at work and in our communities as a consequence of, of, of that at, in our workplaces. And May 1 is a day of struggle, not only in this country but around the world. I, I'm sick to death of seeing workers in their tens of millions around the world going on strike and sacrificing everything that they have in order to celebrate this wonderful day of ours and we're not a part of that. It has become a family day. It's something that the union movement has wished to pursue and that's perfectly fine. We'll be supporting the family day um, on the weekend as well. But this day, May 1, is about workers taking action in support and defence of their rights at work but also to demonstrate their solidarity and internationalism with workers all over the world. That's one of the great um, principles and traditions of May Day, to recognise that working class people around the entire world are bonded together in solidarity and in struggle. And if we can reflect on each and every one of us in where we live and where we work as equals, the world will be a much better place. 
Why is it on the actual day this year and not on the weekend? Well, as I said before, Shane, we've been waiting for many years for um, the 1st of May to be the day that the unions would get together collectively. And I think the campaign that we've been running for the last two years, the Change the Rules campaign, is what we're calling it here, but it's about worker solidarity. It's not just an election slogan. It's not just about a federal election. It's about a movement. And that's what we're trying to build here in New South Wales, starting with the militant left unions, but it's broadening out. Um, we've, we've been told for too long that things are just the way they are and that's the way they're always going to be. But we've got a, a new generation of union leadership now that are less worried about what the law might say and what legal advice might be. And they're starting to listen to more of what their members actually need and want on the job. Our members are saying loud and clear. They want us to participate in this day and make it something. We can't rely on political parties to deliver the change that we need. It's march and feet that make history, and we're determined to make this day something special. Well, I think also, um, if you have a look at the last few years, we've had multiple rallies um, right through the heart of Sydney, and um, it obviously dawned on us as well, well, the most important day for workers out there is the 1st of May, and why not have May Day on that particular day rather than have it on a weekend? Um, we've had number of successful rallies over the last couple of years you know during monday to friday during work hours we intend to make this one an absolute success as well can continue on in the future and we actually stick to may day the first of may so this year may day in australia is happening in the lead up to a federal election which is something you mentioned murph and lots of internal and public debate has been getting thrashed out about how best unions and working class people more broadly should relate to the election This question, of course, is linked to what actions unions then take following the election, particularly if it's a Labor Party government that's formed. How do you understand the meaning of the May Day action on May 1 in the context of this backdrop? Well, it's just one step in a strategy to deliver change. You know, one of the steps is to um, change the government and win an election on behalf of working people, but that's not the final step in this. Um, Changing the rules isn't about tinkering with a piece of legislation or, you know, getting a particular politician a nice shiny seat in Parliament, um, hoping that they might fix what is broken. Change the Rules is actually about a national movement of workers across this country that want to put us back in the centre of that discussion, have us in the centre of, of, of society where we're actually sharing in the wealth that we're creating. Well, I think it's important and um, we shouldn't forget, especially in relation to the second part of your question, about if this current Labor Party gets in the government in regards to holding them to account. I remember clearly back to 2007, um, the Kevin 07 campaign, the Rudd campaign, and everybody got behind it with your rights at work, and all of a sudden, almost a day after he got into power, died in the arse, and everybody forgot and thought, and working-class people, I think, thought they'd be delivered a, you know, um, all this, um, all these rights and entitlements, and it never eventuated... It never eventuated, and you then had the Deputy Prime Minister at the time who quite clearly said, especially in relation to um, the CFME, the construction union, we need a tough cop on the beat. They changed their tune almost immediately after the election. Um, They never went about changing anything. Um, They kept the same government organisations, government organisations like the ABCC, who we don't even recognise the existence of, but they kept them in place, Um, just changed their name to the FWBC, but it was really the ABCC. Um, we'll never ever forget that. Um, they're broken promises. Um, we're going to hold them to count one way or the other, and that's why at, the, at this point in time, May Day is important to us in regards to moving forward and holding the government account post-election as well. Well, I think we're just lucky to have wonderful militant traditions starting to arise again. 
Um, to, to see the AMWU, the CFMEU and the MUA together in the streets again just demonstrates that we recognise and understand, as our members do, that our most successful days were our most militant days. And we've, for the last 40 years, we've celebrated this neoliberalist tradition of, um, you know, having to setback after setback after setback. And we're putting the, um, all of our efforts back into representing and manifesting our members' bravery and courage. And not just that, those of the leaders or politicians. We can't, we, our, all our members know, all working class people know that there's no, you, you got no ability to rely on parliament to secure your needs and interests. It's always won by the militants. It's always won by those in the streets first. And May Day is an opportunity for unions and unionists and working class people, whether they're in unions or not, to come out and celebrate our culture. That w- most of the things that are celebrated in this country are actually the, the is the culture of working class people, looking out for each other, standing by your mate, and and fighting for a, a better world for you and your family and your and your mates. And May Day gives us the opportunity to do that, like many other things don't. Um, this is our day. Um, there won't be politicians giving speeches. It'll be working class people and their representatives out in the streets, marching together to secure what we need in this country. And that is a dramatic shift away from um, the focus on the rights and interests of big business and back to families, back to workers and back to their communities where where we enjoy our lives. And if we don't have rights that are reflected in our communities as they are in their workplaces, then it's not going to be the country that any of us want. So May Day gives us opportunities that don't ordinarily present themselves. It's not just about Australian workers. It's about workers internationally celebrating our diversity, celebrating our solidarity, and at the end of the day, recognising that we, we have the strength in our arms, in our hearts and in our minds, that we don't have to rely on politicians. We don't have to rely on anyone other than working class people and the organisations that represent them. And that's why I love May Day so much. Unions in Australia since the early 1980s have been shrinking as a proportion of the working class. There's now less than 15% of Australian workers who are members of unions. That means less than two out of every 10 people you see on the street are members of a union. We're all pretty familiar with some of the macroeconomic factors that have contributed to this situation. Deregulation of uh, of international trade resulting in the decimation of unionised industries and those industries being replaced with workplaces characterised by very high levels of casualisation. We're also familiar with some of the political factors at play, the bureaucratisation of some sections of union leadership and the relationship between the unions and the Labor Party. Now, despite this backdrop, all three of your unions are growing in size, proportion of the industries which you cover and making advances in pay and conditions for your members. Why are your unions travelling in the opposite direction to most of the rest of the working class? I think um, fundamentally it's all about getting on the job and doing the job for the members. In the last two or three years, we've been very, very proactive in getting out there on jobs, seeing the members, doing the job for the members, whether it be addressing their safety concerns or improving their wage conditions via enterprise agreements. But primarily it's about getting out there and getting on the job and making sure your members see you, um, if not on a daily basis, but pretty regularly. Um, in the last few years um, in particular, we've been going pretty hard in respect to trying to improve wages and conditions, um, 
getting things back in the agreements that we lost previously, like side allowances, getting things back in there like double time all over time, um, and making sure we deliver for our members. I think that's what's um, been attributing to our success. When I say our success, I mean um, basically the increase in membership that we've seen in particular in the last year where um, we've increased by a couple of thousand, two or three thousand members at least. Um, but I primarily think it's about going out there, doing the job for the workers. Um, you also take into account a lot of the new breed of organisers we've got on board who have come off the tools, who understand clearly what the ordinary man and ordinary working man and woman out there have to put up with on a daily basis on construction sites. You know, I'm a builder's labourer myself. I know exactly what it's like. I know what those workers go through. And if you can lift their burden by just a little bit, um, well, all well and good. But we try and every single one of us on every working day go out there and try to deliver something for our members. And um, the proof's in the pudding, I suppose. You see the increase in membership as a result. I, I guess from us, we, we just like winning. Um, my, my job is to organise workers to win, um, and that's what I go out there and, and do, and that's what I ask everyone that works for the AMW to do. You know, we've got good leadership, we've got a plan, we have an action more than what we have in a very, very long time, and we're accountable to our members. We've got a, a great team at the AMW, and they're all doing their job to the best of their ability, and we're teaching them all new skills every single day. And I think as long as we're organising work and people to win, uh, why would we not be growing? Well, we've um, experienced a number of enormous shocks to our membership. Uh, we've had the closure of um, the harbour as a working harbour. We have the closure of White Bay, Darling Harbour and Glebe Island as ports. Um, we've seen privatisation of our ports and of our ferries. We've seen automation. We've seen the destruction of blue water shipping. Um, by successive governments and it's all had a disastrous impact on us but at the same time we we are out there organising new members uh, in new areas and new industries and we've been able to grow out of um, a willingness to always represent our members' rights and interests no matter what. We have a view in the Sydney branch that whatever collective decision is made we will enact and we will carry out and I think uh, a lot of our members recognise that important principle that it's not a top-down union, it's a bottom-up union. They all always will have power of decision-making and at the end of the day, the leaders must reflect reflect the members, reflect their bravery and courage, reflect their interests and ensure that they are represented in every possible way. And, um, you know, it's often been said to, to us that we think we're above the law we don't believe we're above the law. We've got our own laws to make and, and we will live by them. But we suffer under the law. Uh, we suffer every day of the week under the law. We're continuously sued. We're continuously dragged through the media. And our members don't care about that. They see in us a power and a strength that, you know, that they want to be a part of. And it's very important to us that every single one of our members wants to be a part of our union and wants to be a part of the union movement. I don't blame workers for not belonging to, to unions. I blame unions for not necessarily ref reflecting the rights and interests of their potential membership. And I think if more unions um, understood and reflected upon the rights and interests of their members first and foremost and always, then I think um, we would see our union movement turn a corner. In many ways, the trade union movement looks anachronistic. It doesn't look like the modern Australian workplace. And the more closer we get to that, the more closer we will get to turning around uh, our overall membership numbers 
our unions, um, the, the unions in this room today and, and others are challenging the, the trade union norms and establishing new ways of organising and I think that's really good. And um, I, I'm always of the belief that to um, improve all areas of your life, you must belong to a trade union and I'm hoping that more members do. So as the section of the working class that is successfully fighting in unions uh, continues to advance our conditions, which is, of course, fantastic, we're also pulling further and further away from the rest of the class in terms of our material conditions, something you were just touching on then, Macca. How do we deal with that? What what does us turning out in force for May Day mean for the 8 out of 10 people who aren't in union workplaces or union industries? Well, far from us um, pulling apart, um, our unions, the militant left unions, are always reflective of the, the communities and the, the workers that we represent. Um, May Day is about us coming together and it's about the organised, the unorganised, it's about the working class itself. Uh, it's about um, the collective, it's not about the individual. May Day op- represents an opportunity for us to come together in ways that we don't ordinarily come together. It's completely separate from a, a union being represented or a workplace being represented. It's going back to the working class. And the the closer we get to the notion of a working class and all workers coming together to fight together, to struggle together, the more closely we will become and the more successful we will become. We'll be more powerful. What we have been forced to accept for, for the last 30 to 40 years under neoliberalism is the idea that we can be successful on our own, that the individual can be successful. Well, the fact of the matter is that you can't. You can't be little islands of prosperity. We need a trade union movement that, that comes together and fights together in ways that we simply aren't doing at the moment. The fact that the AMWU, the CFMEU, the MUA are coming together on May Day, on May 1, represents a generational change away from the last 30 to 40 years and represents an opportunity for all workers, no matter what union you belong to, to come together and fight for our rights, our rights as working class people, um, the, the social benefits that we should have available to every single one of us. Um, which simply don't exist in the current economic system. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to come together. May Day is about the collective. It's about solidarity. It's not about individuals or, or, or organizations by themselves. Well, I think across the, the world, there's a war being waged against working people. And, and in Australia, it's been brewing away for uh, at least two generations of, of working people. And as much as we like to call ourselves here a classless society, we've got people that seem to get ahead all of the time and everybody else being left behind. And we're seeing that every single day in our workplaces. We see it in our society. We see it in our communities where it's the powerful and bosses that are reaping all of the benefits working people are doing without. Um, and we've got laws that reward this behaviour that if a boss steals your wages, there's zero consequences. But if a, a worker fights back, um, then that's when they come down hard on us. Um, the only way we're going to get on top of the level of inequality that we've got right now, whether that's about the highest level of insecure work in the whole developed world, whether it's about six years of wage stagnation that's been gripping us, whether it's about that wage theft that they're stealing off young workers whenever they start their job and they build business models around it, or if it's even just women paid 15% less than men and retire with half the savings, the only way we're going to do that is is through a movement not relying on a political party or politicians to change those laws for us, but for us to get together as a collective and say, we've had enough. These rules are broken. They can't be fixed or tinkered with. They've got to be changed. And the only way we're going to change that is by being part of a bigger movement. The first step is joining a union. The second one is being active in it. But the third one is if you're not able to do it in either of those two, support the union movement in the campaign, participate in May Day, 
be there on May the 1st because this is your chance to be heard. It's a chance to have a political voice. It's a chance to make the powerful listen. And importantly, it's a chance for stand up for working men and working women and for all of those people that are being left behind. I just hope that on May the 1st that other workers out there who obviously aren't going to be participating in what's happening actually get emboldened by what they see. It's always been the case that some unions have been the spearhead in respect of various campaigns and various struggles and all the rest of it. But I just hope that other workers out there see that if they want change, this is the way that you've got to go. Um, This is the struggle that lies ahead. Um, As Steve quite rightly pointed out, I mean, we've got some pretty horrific laws in this country where if if a worker gets ripped off and he sits in the sheds on a construction site, he can actually be fined or prosecuted for unprotected industrial action. I mean, that's an absolute disgrace. It's almost like treating workers as potential slaves or as slaves, where if a worker removes himself out of an unsafe area, you know, he faces the sack. We've got to try and um, overturn all this, and this isn't going to be overturned by any politician. This is going to be overturned by um, workers marching down the streets, prepared to take up the struggle and get rid of a situation where in this country um, the laws that are aimed up against workers in this country, like I said, are pretty horrific, pretty archaic, and we've just got to get rid of them one way or the other, and I hope workers out there can see it and obviously join the struggle in future years. At Unity Bank, we are 100% committed to maritime workers. We pride ourselves on delivering better all-round value to our members and their families. Unity Bank, proud supporter of the Maritime Union of Australia and sponsor of this podcast. Okay, so zooming out for a second and a bit of a circle back to where we started, what does May Day really symbolise for ordinary people, according to you fellas? Is it really just about how big our pay packet is at the end of the day, uh, about bargaining and elections and legal industrial instruments, or is there something else at stake here? Well, May Day, is the, the, it represents the history of class struggle. It's a continuous fight. It it happens throughout the generations. It happens throughout the election cycles. We as working class people do not have the fruits of our labour. Um, we are wage slaves. Um, we we make billions and trillions of dollars of profits for industries that harm us and harm the environment. And um, there's no social gain for us um, that we've achieved talking to bosses. And the last 30 to 40 years has been a contest between um, negotiators. And like I said before, the, the history of class struggle in this country is a violent one. Um, this country um, was built on the theft of an entire culture um, that was around for 80,000 years. That, that theft has continued, whether it be convicts um, or the, the workers that replaced them. And May Day represents that history, that bloodshed, that violence that have, has been continued to wreak havoc in all of our lives. May Day is an opportunity for workers to put aside all of their other differences and just recognise themselves as workers and belonging to an international working class. Um, it's not about who you vote for. It's not about who you follow. Uh, it's not about your religion, um, your sex. It doesn't matter any of the divisions that have been created for us. May Day is about working class people, one and all, coming together to fight the oppressors, to fight the imperialists, to fight the warmongers, to fight the environmental destroyers. May Day is about, and of itself, is about the the working class in this country and around the entire world. Well, I think 
you know, May Day is relevant whether you're a union member or not. Most people aren't members of a union because they've never been asked to join and that's what we spend most of our time doing is going out there asking people to join. Turns out it, it actually works. Um, but May Day is about um, celebrating what workers have achieved and starting to think about the future that we want. And if we look at, you know, just recently in Australia, the level of protests that happened with these young students getting out about climate change, they believe in something. Um, if we look at the level of these young people that are now starting to enrol to vote because they're not happy with the way that the place is being run. You know, this is a chance for us to actually start to pull down the walls of this system um, beyond our factories, beyond, beyond our offices, beyond our workplace and beyond our homes and think about the type of society that we want to build. You know, if we want a, a society where every child's born into, you know, a decent public hospital that is funded, that they go to a good, decent public school and get a great quality education with fantastic teachers already exist there um you know if you're cared for throughout your life by really good quality nurses with decent patient rate to ratios uh if you care about your parents being able to earn a decent living and when they get old they they can retire with some dignity and enough savings to be able to do the things that they could never afford to do because they're either too busy working or too busy looking after their kids and then have them looked after when they get old by a decent public aged care system now is the chance to make a change because it's quickly going down the other road and the, the, the way that it is going is privatisation, um, maximise profits, and if you can't make a profit off it, you shut it down. And that is not the type of country that we want to be, not the type of society that we want to live on, live in. This whole country was built by working people, and we should shape what it looks like for the future. This is just one of those moments in the campaign, one of those strategies that we use. And as I said at the start, it's feeding the street to make history. This is about how we make the powerful listen and whether you're a working person, whether you're a young person that cares about this stuff, here's your chance to get out and show them what we're made of. Well, I think um, May Day basically, I'll come back to it again, is about that acknowledgement on the part of every working man and woman and what they've achieved in order to build this nation. It's their achievements in regards to um, the outcomes that we've got today, whether it be any wage or condition that we've ever won has been won by working men and women over the last how many years. As a result of that, that's how we benefit today. We should be proud of who we are. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, the ordinary man and woman in the street who goes out there and toils day in, day out, and that's our day, to go out, to march, um, show basically everybody we're proud of who we are. We're proud of the achievements of our forefathers. Rob, Stephen Macker, thanks so much for taking the time to be part of Radio Stingray. For everyone who's listening, if you're in a union workplace, make sure all your mates are turning out on May 1. If you're not, have a think about why not and whether there is a way you can join us on the streets. If not this year, perhaps you and your workmates can build something for next time. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with your mates. And as we say here at Radio Stingray, if you can see water, join the MUA. tuned in to Radio Stingray. Radio Stingray podcast was brought to you by McNally Jones Staff Lawyers, assisting MUA members and their families for 40 years. Phone 9233 4744 or visit mcnally.com.au and get McNally's on your side.